On this episode, I'm joined by Wangari Moshiri, a renewable energy engineer and sustainability expert. She is currently the innovation lead at Hebo's Foundation and a coordinator for the Africa Wind Power Association. She also sits on the board of Kenya Green Building Society um, and was named Africa's Power and Energy Elite in 2021. And yeah, the list goes on. She's such an accomplished woman. She was also selected uh, an Obama leader for Africa by the Obama Foundation. So we are so delighted to have you on the show, Wangari. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and (laughs) I I can't wait to get to know a little bit about your journey. Um, And so I just, we are in this season, we are focusing on folks who've made the great return right. from diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought you'd be a really yeah. good young person to talk to yeah. uh, on that thread. But perhaps, you know, we can get to know you a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. uh, so how did you end up in STEM or as an engineer? Right. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me here, Rose. It's really an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes you sound really busy. <laughs> you are. You are. But it's okay. We're, you know, we're hustling through. Um, so I ended up in STEM mm-hmm. uh, because I was really good in physics and I was really good in mathematics. I sucked at English, mm-hmm. literature, um, don't tell anyone but I don't like reading. <laughs> um, so I'm those people who have audio audiobooks and like those apps that read to you. So mm-hmm. for me, where I thrived was um, sciences and mathematics. And so when it came to choosing um, a university course, I had to choose something along those lines. Sure. Um, but then that being said also, I wasn't the typical science geek, right? Mm-hmm. As you can see, me and my big hair, my big earrings, and I love to play with makeup and stuff like that. So I wanted to do something different, mm-hmm. something unique, um, and something that would also let me be the first in my, in my kind of field. Sure. Um, and so I went to different universities looking at the curriculums, looking at the courses, um, and thought, you know what? Let me let me let me choose renewable energy, and ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, signed on in tw- 2008, mm-hmm. um, and I've not turned back since. Wow. Yeah, it's been really awesome. Wow. So, what was your process of researching like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what resources did you look at? You know, how did you decide? it was going to be Australia because that's where you ultimately ended up. Yes, yeah. Um, So I decided to go to Australia because my parents had actually applied for permanent residency earlier. So they basically told us, don't look at the UK, don't look at, at America. And also my mom has this thing of, if your friends jump in the fire, will you jump in the fire? So I used to be like, no, I want to go to the UK because everyone's going to the UK. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're going to go to Australia. This is where we have permanent residency. We came later to find out that if you have permanent residency, school fees is, is cheaper. So that was a bonus. Um, so then that kind of made the decision for us to have cheaper school fees um, in Australia. Started looking at um, universities in Australia and ultimately decided to go to Sydney. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's where I ended up. Wow. Okay, so what was life like in Sydney? Um, so Sydney is a big city. It's huge. So it's one of those, um, I would say it's like, it's busy. It's very preppy. Everybody like, you know, has money. And you're a student, you come in, you're just there like McDonald's, Chinese food, trying to hustle and, you know, get to get... Um, yourself together but it teaches you a lot mm-hmm. because then you you learn that you can't fail mm-hmm. right so you learn that you have to have a standard consistently you need to be at the top um, and then being a black girl being an African woman um, and the only one in my engineering class and maybe there were only four other girls let alone black girls there was only two others in the year above me um, it was quite unique I also felt like I had to show up mm-hmm. 
Um, so I did. I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to show people that black girls, small, young black girls from Africa can do it can too. Do we can be too. engineers, we yeah. can be amazing, we can stand out. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically how it was for me in Sydney. I loved it. I love Sydney. It's a great city, um, but you have to hustle. Yeah. You have to hustle. Yeah. yeah. How do you think that experience of um, being in a field where you're the only black person, mm. only black girl, has continued to impact you know your journey? Yeah. Uh, it's been interesting uh, because even as you graduate, you finish, you still find yourself in spaces where you're still the only black girl, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'll give an example, like I came back home and one of my, in the first one or two years of working here, uh, I went into a meeting full of engineers, road engineers, water engineers, you know, electrical engineers, and they were all old men. White and black, but old men, right? And so I was the only young female in the room as this renewable energy engineer. Um, and of course, when you want to speak up, everyone's like, young girl, who, do you know? who are you? Who, who? Yeah, are you, are you taking notes? And you're like, no, 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 no. And so what really um, set me apart in terms of being able to really shine as a black woman in this field was that I was speaking about uh, an industry that no one else knew about. I Renewable see. energy, sustainability at that point. Um, and so people listened. And that's what really opened my doors. Um, and for me, even before, being in Australia, I felt that I had to um, to really show up, sure. show up for the women, for black girls, show sure. up that show people that we, you know, your narrative of what an African girl is um, is not right. We're so different, we're so diverse, we're smart, we're beautiful, we're amazing, we're all these things, and we're and we're engineers, and we're doctors, and we're lawyers, and we're artists, you know. Um, and that's something that for me, I thought I had to really show up and stand out sure. and, and show that we could be amazing. Yeah. Um, and it also led me to found the African Students Association at uni okay. because I remember just wanting to share my culture mm. and just be like, I want people to taste pilau. Yes. How do I make people taste pilau and chapatis <laughs> without like inviting every, the whole university to my, my room, you know, mm -hmm. my one, mm -hmm. my studio. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, founded African Students Association, got all my friends to cook pilau and chapos with me mm -hmm. before any, um, any like open day mm -hmm. would go and serve people. And that's how I would send people up to the African Association by giving them free African food. Right, right. Um, and slowly we ended up growing that. So for me, I felt like I really had to show out for my African sister. Like, <laughs> to make sure people knew that we're bold, we're amazing, yes. um, and we can achieve as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you have this like really interesting um, bias for action, confidence, <laughs> and like just wanting to move through yeah. life as your authentic self. Where do you think that comes from? Um, that's a really good question, and I'll just say this. It comes from my mom mm -hmm. and my aunties. So my mom and her sisters are five strong women. Like amazing role models that I look up to. You know, they're doctors, engineers, mm -hmm. ministers, like five of them. And you, you put yourself in any of their shoes and you're just in awe of what they've achieved so far in their lives. Um, so for me, I felt like I also had big shoes to fill um, and I couldn't fail. We, in any, if you look in any angle, whether you're looking towards the sciences or the arts or whatever, or law, you know, you'd, you'd always have a role model to look at. And so for me, I felt that I had to really fill in those shoes, but also make them proud mm -hmm. as well. And uh, my mom always told me, this is something that she always told me when we were young, if you're lost, walk like you know where you're going. Don't look lost, even if it means, like especially at an airport, even if it means you need to go to the toilet, confidently walk to that toilet, gather yourself, and then look for where you're going Amazing. and come back out. So never ever look like you're lost, never ever look like you're, 
you're confused. Always be confident where you're going and, 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 and you know, yeah. how you're walking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I've always really taken that good through life with me. Yeah. yeah, I think that has served you really well because yeah. some of the spaces yeah. you're in, obviously because you're quite young, right. um, that being able to hold your head up high and own yeah. your space definitely yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. helps. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we kind of moved quickly and, and, and <laughs> yes. landed in Kenya, but let's take it back a little bit. Yeah. So you're, you founded the African Sea Association. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've graduated. What did you do next after undergrad? Um, so actually, I founded this African Students Association in 2010. Okay. And by 2011, we were named the best club in the university. So the best club that was in the university, and I was shocked. That's actually one of the things that gave me a lot of confidence in life, that something that I've started from scratch can be amazing, mm -hmm. right? And so um, from then on, I decided that I need to now go out into industry. I've not graduated yet, just before I graduated. Um, let me go out into industry and get experience, right? So that when I graduate, I can say, I'm a graduate with two years experience or with one year experience. And the course is, you know, four, four years. Um, so I went out job hunting, uh, found a reception job at a renewable energy engineering firm. And let me tell you, I was taking all the notes I could ever take mm -hmm. because I was like, every single option, opportunity here is an opportunity to learn. So I, like my, um, my boss would tell me, do this list, this is how I want them. And I'll be like, I want to learn everything about that PowerPoint or that word or the, whatever it is. I want to learn um, how the installers are going out to do the installations. I want to learn how you're doing accounting. Um, so for me, when I was then able to graduate two years later with two years experience, mm -hmm. I had learned everything right. end to end, yeah. um, not just on the engineering side, but also on the operation mm -hmm. of the company, mm -hmm. which also made me a bit more confident. Mm -hmm. So when I went into a meeting, mm -hmm. I knew what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that helped me also get my first job for easier, sure. things like that. For sure. Yeah. Um, wow, that's yeah. really powerful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just start start at the bottom. Just start. Yeah, hustle, hustle work, work, yeah, your way up. work your way up. Learn um, everything you can learn. Yeah, Always keep an eye out. Always sure, ask questions. Sure. Yeah. Really valid. Yeah. Um, and so what was the moment where you decided, okay, now enough of Australia. Mm. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm ready to make the transition. So, okay, so there's, there's four years okay. between the graduation and that first job sure. I was talking about and finally coming back. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated in 2012. Mm -hmm. I'd already, I started applying for jobs. And you know, like when, you're, when you've, <laughs> when you finished uni, your parents are like, so the tap is dry. We're not paying rent, we're not paying food. You just now hustle yourself. So of course I had some savings. Um, but now it was my job to find a job. <laughs> so I literally remember being like on my friend's floor, sleeping on their mattress, being like every day I'm applying for 10 jobs. Every day I'd apply for 10 jobs. And I keep saying this, like when you've graduated, don't expect to just come and walk into the work, like the work world. It's not gonna happen. There's, there's people who've been waiting. Um, but just hustle as much as you can. Like for every 10 jobs somebody else is applying for, you should have applied for 15, you know? Um, and so for me, I used to be that person. I'd apply for 10 jobs a day. Even if it's something that I didn't think I was fully qualified for, I would still apply for it. Because mm -hmm. also as women, we have this thing where um, we'll only be 100% qualified for it and then apply for the job. Not unlike a man who might be only 80% qualified and you'll still apply and get the job. Um, so I would just apply for everything. And uh, I remember getting an interview in a different city. So this is now Canberra. Mm -hmm. And Canberra is the capital of Australia. It's about three hours away from Sydney. And I was like, oh, Canberra, I have to move cities. Like my sister by then had joined me um, in Australia. She was in uni as well. Mm -hmm. 
So I was like, moving to a whole new city where I know nobody, that's just gonna be crazy. But I was like, you know what? Let me go for the interview. Let, let me just go and see. So I got on the bus, took the bus to this new city I'd never been to, got lost, of course, finally made it to the interview. Luckily, I was early. Um, sat there in the reception waiting, went into my interview, and I remember like, you were told, not, don't look lost, be confident, like all these things my mom has told me before. Um, so I went in, hair, my hair is out, um, I have a very bright lip, I also have this thing where I always wear a bright colour, because people will always remember you when you wear a brighter colour, right? So I went in with my orange jacket, bold lip, big hair um, for this interview, and they were looking for a sustainability um, data analyst at that point. Um, and so I just, I did the interview and left, went back the same evening to Sydney and heard, didn't hear back for a couple of weeks and then finally heard back that I'd made the second interview. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, and remember in that two weeks, I'm still applying for 10 jobs every day, hopeful that something will come through. Um, so finally, I ended up getting the job in Canberra, moved to cities. Um, I also happened to be in a relationship mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I always, I always think when we're young, we make very, um, dumb decisions Irrational. but I always say this don't ever make a permanent decision for somebody who's not permanent in your life right so for me moving cities also was a big strain on the relationship okay. because now we go from seeing each other to long distance sure. right um, but I feel like having been the, so going to Canberra I moved to Canberra um, in 2013 mm -hmm. I was there up until 2015 beginning of 2015 mm -hmm. I also decided that I needed to apply for my master's. So I was working, I was also doing my master's at the same time. Same um, hustle. Exactly, just keep, keep learning. Keep learning is one of my big um, mottos in life. Um, and then in 2015, the company that I was working for was wanted to open an office in Nairobi. And I was like, oh, hi. My name is Wangari and I'm from Kenya. <laughs> Could you please take me back home? Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, yeah, gladly. You know the company, you know Kenya, mm -hmm. and we need, we're, since we're just opening it out, you know, I jumped for the opportunity. Not to say that the roles were very different and what I was trained for was also very different, mm -hmm. uh, but I still put my hand up and okay. I was lucky enough to be able to, work, to come back home okay. with, with a job. Okay. And so what, what was the role in Australia versus the role in Kenya and yeah. what new capabilities did you have to Game to step um, into the role fully. Yeah, so my uh, so my training is in renewable energy and sustainability. The role in the first role in Canberra was a sustainability data analyst. So that's okay. That's within the line. Mm -hmm. Coming back here, I had to. I was like a business development manager mm. for a, for the real estate side of the company. Mm. So I don't know anything about real estate. I also don't know anything about business development. Mm -hmm. But I do know the company mottos and how they operate globally. I've been with them for three years and I know Kenya. So for me, um, I just put myself, again, the confidence, put, put my best foot forward and just said, I can do this. Take, take me back, I'll show you that I can set up this company. Um, I can work with the people on the ground and we can create a successful business. And that's yeah. what we did. Yeah, that's yeah. a really impactful story in as far as being willing to pivot or yeah. like step into a different role yeah. in a field that you know, yeah. but um, yeah, just, it's sometimes it's not so cut and dry in terms right, of right. I'm doing A here and when I come back I'll do the I'll same do this. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keeping yeah. that flexibility. And it, it never happens like that. Mm -hmm. Like you, it, it will, you'll never get the perfect job with the perfect like everything you know Correct. to do with you. You always find something that you have to grow. Yeah. And if you're you're in a job that is not teaching you something or you're making money from mm -hmm. in, in a, a way to build yourself, mm -hmm. then leave the job. You're yeah. not you're not learning. You're not growing True. from that role. True. Yeah. True.
Um, so talk to us a little bit about the work you're doing now at Hugo's. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so in 2019, I left the previous company that I came with mm -hmm. um, from Australia and joined HIVOS. Mm -hmm. HIVOS Foundation is a Dutch NGO mm -hmm. um, that focuses on a few areas, including climate justice. Um, we also do like governance stuff and we also do gender equity things. So I came from, um, when I was in the real estate role for the three years, I started thinking I'm missing sustainability, I'm missing renewable mm -hmm. energy, I'm missing my roots. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come back to my roots. And so I applied for this role at uh, HIVOS, which was the program development manager of the renewable energy side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and I got it, mm -hmm. which was great. Mm -hmm. So that was also a very steep learning curve because I had to come in and innovate new programs. Um, in an NGO setting, whereas before I've always been in a private sector oh, setting sure. and they're very different ways of thinking. Um, so it was really a steep learning curve for me, mm -hmm. uh, but a, a great one mm -hmm. nonetheless. I got to work on like interesting projects such as like remote blockchain mm. trading um, in a rural off-grid community, um, random things like having uh, how, how would I put it, like uh, hydropower um, projects for a community that uses, you know, that mills flour, mm -hmm. things like that, like mm -hmm. things that were very quite mm -hmm. interesting for me and mm -hmm. also dropped me right back into mm -hmm. renewable energy. Mm -hmm. um, and then recently, as of March this year, I was then promoted to um, lead innovation okay. um, for HIVOS. So we have a program called Voices for Climate Action. Mm -hmm. And basically we just amplify voices of local people mm -hmm. who have climate solutions. Mm -hmm. And so I lead innovation on that now. Okay. Um, so that's been quite interesting as well. Yeah. <laughs> Another steep learning curve in yeah. innovation, yeah. Uh, but really interesting as well, nonetheless. Uh, so what advice would you give to maybe someone who's somewhere in Sydney mm -hmm. um, and wants to make the transition back? Uh, perhaps they're in a program right now, but you know, they know their end goal is to make it back right. to Kenya or somewhere on the continent. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, a lot of people think that you have to quit your job to be able to make the transition back and make them move back. Um, but right now the world is opening up and okay with COVID yes it's closing down but there's a lot of links to the outside world that people are looking people are looking for African people mm -hmm. you know and so if you are let's say in London or in Sydney or wherever mm -hmm. and you want to come back home start applying for jobs from then mm -hmm. um, and you never know what could be the, the role that brings you back mm -hmm. it gives you a safety net mm -hmm. as well to not really worry when you come back mm -hmm. and not to the quote, quote unquote tamak mm -hmm. and your international experience is, is valuable, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that being said, not everybody can do that. So uh, the, I would say the quicker that you can go through the process sure. and fall and learn and sure. you know go through that, sure. the better. So don't delay, don't say mm -hmm. I'll do it in five years or I'll do it in mm -hmm. 10 years because in those five years, there's people who've made that decision mm -hmm. to do it. And so then you're only further down the line, mm -hmm. right? Um, so the quicker you can do it, the earlier, yeah. I think, the better. Wow, that's actually counter to very the advice I kept hearing. Really? Like, wait, wait, <laughs> no. wait. But I, and I've found that yeah. um, from the time I was sure I wanted mm. to come back yeah. to the time I came back, yeah. and in that waiting period, I was miserable. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only makes you so feel worse. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, your advice is really good in yeah. the sense that if you know deep down you want to come back, start acting, make a plan, yeah. network, reach right. out, apply for jobs, so right. at least people even know yeah. you're there. Exactly. Um, exactly. And you're making progress towards yeah. your goal. Yeah. And also yeah. just make networks with, with 
people here mm -hmm. who have moved back. So mm -hmm. reach out to your friends who've moved back. Yeah. Reach out to people who you know mm -hmm. on, I mean, now we have social media. Yes. So on yes. social media, yeah. ask them questions, ask mm -hmm. them, how did you get that job? Or how did you, um, how was it moving back? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. Now that we have remote work as well with COVID, test, dip your feet in the water, come and work from here for your current job. You'll be working from home anyway, right? Yeah. Um, I actually have a friend who ha is, is doing the opposite. She's packing everything here and going out mm -hmm. and working remotely mm -hmm. from whichever country she lands in that day. And, and I feel like that's so interesting, but I feel like people who want to move back should do the same thing. Yes. Come, work from here for a bit, mm -hmm. test internet, test out how you'd be working remotely sure. for a bit, see if you like it. Mm -hmm. um, and in the same time, make your networks as mm -hmm. you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that will help you do job interviews while you're here, you know? Yeah. We don't have to tell the employers, but exactly. it's, it's, you know, it kind of helps you kill two birds with one stone. True, true. Yeah. Um, and how would you describe your experience coming back in one word? Uh, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I am so, I'm so glad that I did, mm -hmm. that I came back home. I feel like uh, my real purpose is here. Mm -hmm. And if I want to achieve the things I want to achieve, the big dreams I want to achieve, I can't do them in a, another country. Mm -hmm. And to be in my home country to do that, and that's Kenya. And so um, even the awards that you are reading out, like I see them, I'm like, what? Okay. But I would never have been able to get on such lists in Australia. True. You know, it's already been, like, there's people there doing that. Mm -hmm. So come, let's do this in Africa for us. And let's be those people that people talk sure. about, you know? Sure. Um, and that, for me, that's really important. Yeah, and as I was reading your bio um, and kind of researching you, <laughs> I, I, I felt that as well. I, I thought to myself that if you were in Sydney, yeah. you yep. probably wouldn't be in the yeah. spaces that you're in. No, um, yeah. And yeah. having like the very quick escalation of experience exactly. um, in your career, right? Uh, yeah. which ties back to your advice about like making the move um, yeah. and, and taking a chance. And, and if you think about it, we already have, the, it's living abroad is ingrained in you that you know there's certain excellence, mm -hmm. um, you show up on time, you do things you know well, mm -hmm. so you already have that ingrained in you. Now come and let's instill this here, let's change things here mm -hmm. because why would you, okay, why are we changing things like other pe for other people, right? My dad always says, why are you making other people rich? Mm -hmm. Make your own self rich, mm -hmm. make your people rich, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really important to come in. Yes, you have to do early. Yes, you have to fail. Yes, it's going to be hard, mm -hmm. but you will overcome it earlier because you'll still go through those challenges sure, anyway in sure, 10 years. So sure. why not do it earlier? Right, yeah. right. Um, and so how do you see yourself shaping Africa mm -hmm. in, in your areas of focus, be it renewable yeah. energy and sustainability. Wow. What's your long-term vision? <laughs> um, for me, it's, it's not really shaping Africa, but it's kind of showing Africa. Mm. For so long, we were told that African things are backward, African things are, you know, dated, they're not the way to go, use this American thing or this amazing, you know, external thing. And then now, even in sustainability, you learn that even our ways of being, mm. um, how we used to cook food, how we build our houses, how we are as Africans, are what sustainability is. Even um, how people, like I'll give you an example, mm -hmm. the housing, the way we used to use mud, mud huts and all that, and people would say, oh, that's backward. Mm -hmm. that's, it's not a normal skyscraper building, right? But the reason we used to use mud is because it cools the inside of the building so that in a hot area, 
the inside of the house is, is cool mm -hmm. and it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. People now are trying to cool buildings with ACs because they've put glass facades all over. And so when you start to look at the way we used to do things as Africans and realize we were sustainable. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were actually good in the, the way we used to do things. Mm -hmm. We just need to embrace that more. Um, for me, I want to bring that out. Mm -hmm. I want to bring that out in green building. Of course, I want to couple it with renewable energy and sustainability. But for me, I want to show that we were already ahead. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to where we were. Mm -hmm. And let's not worry. If, if you even look at how KSCC was built sure. back in 60 years ago, sure. it was sustainable. You know, it has the shading on the eaves, it has um, cross ventilation, like certain things that we're now trying to put into our buildings because we had engineered them out, thinking we're doing better, right? But actually, we were good. We were good the way we were, and we just now need to embrace that more as Africans. Um, thank you so much, Wangari. I mean, I, I've learned so much just from talking to you, and I can't. I'm so impressed by you, honestly. Like <laughs> your, I, I just wish you all the best. I, I know you. you'll continue to accomplish quite a bit in your thank career, you. and I, so I can't wait to see everything that you accomplish. And thank you, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much, and Rose, yeah. you also have the same name as my mom. Oh, so okay. as confident as she is, I love it. So thank you so much for having me, and I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to leave us a rating and review and share it with everyone you think might enjoy it. Also, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can be notified when we release new episodes. Until then, keep using your skills and uniqueness to shape the Africa that we want.